Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. This is Beyond the Benediction. So glad to have you with me once again. Thank you so much for your support. As always, it is a privilege and an honor to share. All right, let's go ahead and dig right into this week's episode. Under Construction, The Need for Repentance. That title really does fit all of us. Whether we're Christian or not, of course, this is a Christian podcast, but for those of us who are not Christian, We're still under construction. If you are alive and breathing, which you have to be to listen to this, (laughs) you are under construction. You are still being built. You're still being constructed. You're still developing. You're still growing. No matter how old you are, you're still developing in some way, shape or form. And as Christians, we're always being developed because there's always another level in Christ that we can ascend to. There are so many things that we have to experience in order to grow some good and some bad. But God is a God that does not want us to remain stagnant in our growth, in our relationship with him. So we're perpetually, in a sense, always under construction. One of the phrases people like to use as Christians is God isn't finished with me yet. or God is still working on me. And that's a cliche, but it's true. Um, Because if you want to just check out my last episode, it's time to grow up. We talk about development and growth as a Christian. So that cliche is true that God isn't finished with us yet because there are things that he wants us to accomplish. There are places he wants us to go. There are things he wants us to do. And there are certain things that have to be done through a process of growth and maturation and development. And these things only come through experience. So no matter how long you've been a Christian, there's still some growth. There's still some construction. And because we're growing, And because we're moving towards the place that God wants us to be, as I've already stated on previous episodes, even though we're moving, we're still flawed. Even though we're still growing, we still are going to make mistakes. And these mistakes aren't always going to come in the form of attack from the enemy, even though he is going to attack us. But the majority of our mistakes are going to be self-made or self-inflicted. We are going to do things and say things and think things that are wrong because we're sinners. And because we're sinners, there's no point in our lives where we can ever feel as if we've arrived, as if we've got this Christianity thing down pat, as if we don't have any need to learn more, to grow more, to develop or to be chastised or questioned or even judged. If you look at scripture, you look at some of the heroes of the Bible. You can start with someone like David. David, who God said was a man after God's own heart. As great as he was, he did a lot of really bad things. (laughs) This man who was a man after God's own heart. Remember, he conspired and made sure Bathsheba's husband Uriah was killed to cover the fact that he slept with his wife. Now, he wrote Psalms, he defeated Goliath, he did all these things, but he was still flawed. So why am I bringing up the flaws of David? Because just like you and I, no matter how good we try to live and how many right things we do, 
we're still flawed. And because we're flawed and because we make mistakes and because we sin, we need to repent. So part of the construction process is repentance. Now, repentance is a word that unfortunately we don't hear a lot in church circles too much these days. We don't hear people talk about repenting. When they do, most people say repent, but do they really know what it means to repent? To repent does not mean to just simply ask God for forgiveness, even though we absolutely should do that. But repentance is not just merely an acknowledgement that you're wrong. Repentance is an action taken to change the fact that what you're doing is wrong and that you realize that it's wrong. Repentance really means a changing of your mind a changing of your perspective, a changing of your viewpoint of something that you know that God has already deemed to be unacceptable or sinful behavior. So again, it's not a mere admission of guilt. It's an acknowledgement of a change that you need to do in order to correct a behavior or a thought pattern or thought process. Scripture, Luke 15, verse 7. Jesus says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So we see that repentance is not only necessary, it's something that God, as Jesus says in the scripture, celebrates because that means that this person, you and I, acknowledge that I've fallen short. Not only have I fallen short, but now I'm going to make steps not only to change my behavior, but change the way I view the behavior and turn to God. So that means we're turning away from that sinful behavior, that proclivity, and turning our focus to him. So repentance is something that should happen when we first receive Christ. Because in order to receive Christ, we have to realize we need him. And to realize we need him, we have to repent and change the way we view our lifestyles and view ourselves and thinking that my life is okay or that I am a good person. Repentance is coming to a self-assessment and awareness that I'm not good. This is not good. My lifestyle is not good. And I need to turn away from this lifestyle. So even though we should repent initially when we become a Christian, Our repentance does not end when we become a Christian because repentance is not an event. Repentance is a lifestyle. Repentance is something you don't just do once. You continue to do because as we've already stated, you and I are going to continue to sin. You and I don't stop sinning or let's be really honest. We don't forget how to sin when we become a Christian. If anything, The sins that we do are exacerbated because now we realize how wrong they really are. When you and I were sinners before we came to Christ, they were just as wrong as they were when we became Christians. The only difference is we realize how serious they are now as a result of having God's Holy Spirit living in us, convicting us, and compelling us to do the right thing. So, Even though we're under construction and God is working on us, the need for repentance is there. So now I'm just going to go briefly over three things that shows us why repentance is so necessary in the life of any Christian. If you are a Christian, a blood-washed, 
Holy Spirit-filled Christian, then repentance is absolutely necessary for you to navigate and to maintain your life as a Christian. The first reason why repentance is so important and necessary is because repentance aligns us to God's standard. One of the things we don't like to talk about often is that God has a standard for the way he expects us to live. There's certain things that he wants us to do. There's a standard of righteousness that God has set that you and I cannot change, no matter how we feel about it, no matter how society may view it, no matter how society may change their morality. That does not change the standard that God has. A brief way of looking at the standard of God is the Ten Commandments. These are things that are not negotiable. God's standard for how he expects us to conduct ourselves or what he expects us to be as his children is not negotiable. And it doesn't matter how we feel about it. It doesn't matter if it's not popular. And my next episode, spoiler alert, my next episode is going to be about Christians and trying to be popular. So stay tuned for that episode coming soon. But being A Christian means that we adhere to the standard that God has for our lives. And sometimes adhering to that standard is going to be in direct opposition with everything we feel, everything around us, and everything in our core. Because again, we're still encased in this flesh that wants to rebel against God, that does not want to conform to God's standard. Let me give you a scripture, but let me give you a little bit of background. This is when Paul went to Rome and he visited those who were had these all of these foreign gods. And he saw how they were so religious and they had all these different gods. There was one God specifically, the unknown God. So this is Paul speaking to them in response to the foreign gods that he's seen. All right. Acts chapter 17, verse 29. Therefore. Since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being, God, is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. So right there, he's telling them that they should not have idol gods. All right. That's verse 29. Let's go to verse 30. In the past, God overlooked such such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Of course, that doesn't mean as we established it just to say that, oh, I messed up. Repent means realizing that, hey, I got to change the way I look at this stuff. We're looking at these images, these idols, as if they're God. So God is calling them to turn away. Now, you and I may not have a stone or gold or silver statue in our house, but we may have things and people in, in, in certain situations that we are giving glory and worshiping over God, maybe unintentionally. But we're giving them the devotion and the worship and the praise and the honor that God gives. But the same thing that Paul was telling them, he's telling us right now, that God wants us to repent and view the things that we think are acceptable behavior as unacceptable and to make a change in our viewpoint and our change in our perspective. Now let's go to verse 31. 
For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So what is he saying? Look at this again. Aligning us to the standard of God. Our repentance lets us see that, okay, right now, I'm not living according to the standard of God. So as I repent, I realize I've strayed, I've swayed away, I've veered away from the path, and now I'm going to repent and turn and go back to God. Because remember, when we sin, we are turning away from facing God and turning our backs to God. So repentance, in essence, is us doing a 180 and turning around and going back towards Christ. So the same thing that that Paul is saying to them here, it's the same thing to us. Repentance realigns us back to God's standard so we can be in the right standing as it were with him. Because we are going to still sin. We're all still going to fall short. We're all going to do things that God is not pleased with. But his love is so awesome. He doesn't write us off when we flee. He helps us to repent to get back in line with this standard. Now, that's the first thing that repentance does. It aligns us to God's standard. The second thing that repentance does is that it proves that we are living God's way. Now, we all understand that repentance, I just said, helps us to align, to know the standard. But repentance is also evidence that God truly lives in us. I think I mentioned this in a previous episode that proof that the person is Holy Spirit filled is a person is living a Holy Spirit filled life. There's a scripture that says we should show fruit in keeping with repentance. So if you and I have repented from our sins, then there should be some evidence. There should be something that shows that we are living the way that God wants us to live. Here's another scripture, Matthew chapter three, verse seven and eight. This is John the Baptist when he was baptizing all these new converts. It says, but when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of vipers, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Look at what it says in verse eight. Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins, and here it is, turned to God. So when we repent, that proves that not only do we understand that this is God's standard, and we're aligning with the standard, but now we're continuing to walk in that standard. Because as Christians, it's not enough for us to just say that we're doing certain things. We have to show that we're living for Christ. Because a lot of times, especially during this season of the pandemic of COVID, we may not have a lot of people that are attending churches. You may not even be able to be in person to have service. So when those opportunities we have to interact with people, they can only see the God in us by how we're living, not necessarily by our church attendance. Because let's really be honest, A lot of churches do things that aren't even scriptural. (laughs) They do things that aren't even in the Bible. And you have people who do a good job of looking like a Christian on Sunday, but catch them on Tuesday on their lunch break, (laughs) catch them on Friday night 
after they had a couple of drinks in. Catch them on the weekend when they're having fun, watching sports or hanging out or, or doing something that we know they shouldn't do. So those are the times when we're showing that we're living God's way. But if we've repented of our sins, there will be proof that we're living God's way. There are certain things, certain lifestyle choices you and I are not going to make if we've repented. If you and I were truly repented Christians, most of our conduct would not be called into question. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean you're not going to mess up? Of course you're going to mess up. Is it possible someone may catch you at a bad moment? Absolutely. But there are still going to be certain behaviors, certain things that are not going to be a part of your lifestyle. Because repentance, again, does not just mean forgiveness. It's a changing of mind. It's a changing of the way you view things. Because like I mentioned in the last episode, again, about growing up, repentance is part of growing as a Christian. Because as you grow as a Christian, you realize that God wants me to live in a way that the certain things that the world says is okay, I've come to the conclusion is not okay. There's certain things that I can't do. There's certain places I can't go. And the Bible says that even if you have the freedom to do it for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of your witness, there's certain things you shouldn't do even if you're free to do it. So again, repentance proves that we are living in a manner that's pleasing to God because repentance is showing that I've come to the conclusion that the way that God wants me to live is infinitely better than the way I want to live. Okay. And the last thing for this episode that repentance shows that makes it so important. This is an awesome one here. Repentance unveils God's mercy. Now, we love to talk about the grace of God, the mercy of God, but think about how God can show his mercy during times when we repent. And you can look at it twofold. One, because remember, as sinners, the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But even though we deserve death immediately, God, and it says it in Romans, he gives us forbearance. He gives us time to come to him. So the fact that God doesn't exact his death penalty immediately shows his mercy. But then not only does he give us time to repent, this is so awesome, he actually accepts our repentance and honors it. Think about it. You and I have done some things to people, and it was incumbent upon us to make restitution or to reconcile that person. But we were at the mercy of whether that person would be receptive to our reconciliation efforts. You can try to apologize and try to make amends, but that person was damaged so roughly or so profusely, they may not accept your apology. They may rebuff your attempts to reconcile. And God being who he is, sovereign and Lord, he does not have to accept our attempts to reconcile. He does not have to accept our feeble attempts. Because think about it. What can we offer God? Realistically, we have zero that we can offer God of value. Anything of value 
that's in us comes directly from him anyway. So we are in no position to barter or bargain when it comes to forgiveness or repentance. But look at how awesome he is. He gives us time to repent. And then he actually honors and accepts our repentance. Perfect example of this is in the book of Jonah. Now, of course, a lot of us who are Christians have known the story for quite a while. But, you know, Jonah had his issues with going to Nineveh, but he ended up finally going. So he, when he went there and he proclaimed God's word of judgment against Nineveh, saying that God's going to pretty much wipe you out because you've been disobedient to God. So now, so now they realize they're in trouble because they disobey God. And this is a part of the story that I think a lot of people kind of miss because we focus on Jonah because obviously the book is called Jonah. So we focus on him. But I want to focus on the people of Nineveh. Again, God had already judged them. They were evil people. But look at what happens when Jonah finally does give God's word to the people. Jonah chapter three. I'm going to start at verse six. It says, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne took off his royal robes, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not people or animals, herds or flocks, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Look at what it says. The king didn't say, go to God and pray and ask for forgiveness. He didn't say that, but he didn't didn't stop there. He says, let everyone call urgently on God and then what? Give up their evil ways and violence. Doesn't that sound like repentance? Turning away? Let's go to verse 9. Who knows? God may relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we would not perish. And now here's the beautiful part of God's mercy. Verse 10. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Wow. Can you imagine how many times you and I have repented that that may have spared us from some destructive things that God was going to do on us. Because again, God loves us. He's a God of mercy, but we already established in the first point that he has a standard and he has expectations. And if he has a standard and expectations and, and we don't honor it, God is still just and he's going to exact his justice. But look at what it says. In spite of all that, when the people of Nineveh repented, and turn from their ways, God relented and didn't do the destruction that he had threatened. That's no different than you and I. You and I have been just like the people in Nineveh, where we've done things and said things that we know that God is not pleased with. And the moment, thankfully, the Holy Spirit convicted us, compelled us, and changed us, and led us to repentance, then he unveiled his mercy. We have no idea how much mercy we've received from God, not because we deserve it, but because he gave us an opportunity to realize that we were wrong and to turn in the change. There are people 
and maybe you've been one of those people who have not shown the patience that you should in people growing and changing and developing and learning. We should be thankful that repentance, this is not even a point for the podcast, but it should have been, that repentance shows God's patience. That God says, I'm going to give you a chance to repent. I'm going to give you time to come to the realization that what you're doing is wrong. Because when we do things that are wrong, two things typically happen. One, a lot of times we know it's wrong, but we look at the immediate gratification versus the long-term effects. But then secondly, we say to ourselves, well, it's not going to be that bad, or God's going to forgive me, or God is merciful, or God loves me, as if those things erase the fact that we are still wrong. And though he loves us, and though he's patient, and though he's long-suffering, that does not give us carte blanche to just perpetually do things that we know that God doesn't want us to do. Now, let me say this, we're in for this week. There may be some things in your life that are not quick and easy fixes. If you've been embroiled in some kind of addiction or some kind of habit for years, it's not so easy to just turn away from. And God knows that. So he's patient with you. But there are some things that you and I know immediately we shouldn't do. And we do it anyway. But thankfully, God's patience allows us the opportunity to repent. And repentance as a Christian, as I stated earlier, is of the utmost importance because it aligns us to God's standard. It proves and gives evidence that we're living the way God wants us to. And then lastly, it unveils and reveals God's amazing mercy. So as we close this week's episode, just keep in mind, that repentance is absolutely vital and essential as a Christian. It's not just a mere mental assent or agreement that you're wrong. It's a decision to change your behavior and to come to the realization that what you're doing is not just wrong because you feel guilty. It's not just wrong because maybe you got caught. It's wrong because it goes against the standard that God has for us. And even though sometimes when we repent, it doesn't feel good, we know that all things work together for our good and ultimately for God's glory. Well, I thank you so much for listening once again and And if you get a chance, check out my website, GoBeyondTheBenediction.com. All my previous episodes are there, especially if you're new. Go there, and I'd love to hear from you. You can go to that website and leave me a comment, leave me a voicemail, uh, or any questions. Just I would love to hear from you. Tell me about the podcast, how it's blessed you, and how it may have helped you at all in some way. And uh, i just love to hear from you. But I thank you so much for listening, and I pray that it bless you. And as always. Make sure your light shines brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ beyond the benediction.